Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. People have been associating music with scenes from movies since before Judy Garland sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow in The Wizard of Oz over 80 years ago. Some of the most memorable scenes in the history of film have had music playing behind them. And some of the most memorable soundtrack songs are just as well known as That Song from the Breakfast Club as it is as Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. On today's episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're going to talk about our favorite movie soundtracks. So refill your popcorn, grab a beverage, and sit your ass down in that recliner. Let's talk movie tunes. doing it now what is up everybody welcome back to the third episode of prisoners of rock and roll i am your host bruce kramer i am also here with my fellow host ryan mccusker hey everybody what is going on doug mccusker can't be with us today we're hoping he stops in a little bit later if that happens we'll certainly uh take a little commercial break and we'll fire him up and get him on the microphone two weeks ago we had a very long conversation that was a, it was a little bit too long thank you everybody that stuck with us and listened to the whole episode it was cool, though. It was really fun to dive in and share our, our six favorite American rock and roll bands. We got some great feedback yeah. on Facebook from a lot of people about it. Maybe next time we'll just have like top three. <laughs> Something. Just to uh, yeah. keep it a little bit shorter. Because yeah. who wants to listen to us for two hours? Right. So this time we decided we're going to talk about music soundtracks. A lot of really good music, man, that goes with movies. I'm a movie fanatic. Going to the movies is always magic to me. The soundtrack always adds more to the movie. For instance, you know, I love Sorsese movies. Casino. He uses a lot of Rolling Stones in that. Um, in The Departed, he used to ship me off to Boston for Dropkick Murphy, which was a background for that whole movie. And it's actually a Woody Guthrie song. And so doing the research tonight, I never knew that. So that was pretty cool. But seeing movies with the soundtrack has always been one of my favorite things about uh, movies. And, and Scorsese was a great example. I was thinking about certain uh, directors that, they're just masters at using music in their yeah. in their movies, and he's one of them. You mentioned The Departed. Um, thinking of the version of Comfortably Numb yes. that is in that movie with Roger Waters and, and, Van, Morrison. and Van Morrison is is really good. It's so good. It's like a whole different thing. I never heard that version until I saw that movie, and it, that makes that scene. Yeah, it's a really, really cool version. And it's like two bands that you wouldn't think go really well together. Yeah, but Van just, the Man... Van de Man and uh, Pink Floyd, it just, it really works. Um, Van Morrison, also one of the more disappointing people I've ever seen in concert. Really? Van Morrison had always been like a, a music bucket list for us, and we yeah. saw him, and it was just, I've always heard he's really aloof on stage, like he doesn't, he's kind of an asshole. He is kind of an asshole. Yeah. I, I always heard that. Just wasn't, we weren't impressed at all, and it was a shame, because my wife and I both are, are really into Van Morrison. It's Scorsese's another, every time I hear the song Layla, I automatically think of Goodfellas. Oh, yeah, when yeah. everybody's dying. Yeah. They're flowing out the guy in the fridge. Yeah. They got the guy in the Cadillac with his wife. Yeah. Yeah, Scorsese just has has tons and tons of just really great music. In what his. I love the end of Goodfellas is that they use My Way, but they don't use the Frank Sinatra My Way. They use the Sid Vicious version of My Way. Yes. And I feel like it makes the scene, like, like through the whole movie, Ray Liotta's coked out in that whole movie. You know, he's running around, back and forth, the helicopters. I feel like at, when he finally catches up with himself at the end of the movie, that's the pace that he's at, at a punk rock 
coked out tempo of life, living in the middle of nowhere. And he and he, what he would say, like, I'm just another schnook. At the, that's the last thing he says in that movie. That's a really good insight into that, too. Tying yeah. the music to it and uh, yeah. that version of it. That's awesome. That's one of my favorite scenes when he, when he looks into the camera and says, I'm just a regular guy now. And then in the background, you just hear my way start it, and, you, and it's, it's vicious. So I think that's pretty punk rock for, for Sadie to do that, especially for a mob movie. A song is made for Frank Sinatra, Italian guy. It's like, we're not going to put it in this way. We're going to put it in the punk rock version. It's pretty ballsy. No, Scorsese is amazing at taking like old music and tying it to the, the scene. And then it's also a lot of music that's relative to the time, like stuff that was popular at the time. Yeah. I mean, another great film he did was Casino. And it seemed like that movie was a good decade because you could, you could tell around the year was by the music that they're playing or the fashion that they had going on in the scene. The furniture, I feel like the music is just important to the scene as the furniture yeah. in, in the scene. And that's a great point, too, about Scorsese. Because a lot of his movies cover so much ground in terms of time that having music that's relative to the time sets the scene and reinforces and kind of helps you as a viewer kind of figure out where what generation you're in or what year you're in. Yeah, I think he's a master of that. He's a master of storytelling. I've seen a lot of his films. And the one thing he's consisted of is picking awesome songs. Did you see The Irishman? I'm sure I you did, did see The Irishman. I was like, was there a lot of good music in that? I don't, re- I don't remember. Nothing sticks out in my head. But for the time period, I'm sure there was a lot of Kroner kind of stuff. The time period of that movie for Sorsese also did an awesome film. He did Wolf of Wall Street. Some of that is hysterical. Some of the music they play in that, like the 80s, DiCaprio breakdancing in the middle of his wedding. Sorsese sees the time and he, and he hears the music. I think he's just the master towards storytelling. Yeah, and music is just such a huge part of how he tells a story. As we started looking into this episode, I started doing some research and you know, I always try to Research the topic a little bit first and try to get some information. And I found that the first movie soundtrack ever released was actually, um, I thought it was going to be Judy Garland from yeah. The Wizard of Oz. That's why yeah. I mentioned that in the beginning. And I found out that the first soundtrack was actually Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I did see that. That's amazing. Yeah. And then thinking like, okay, you know, I get it. And you're like the hi-ho, hi-ho. Oh, it's, it's, you know, like, it's, you know Disney at its best. Yeah. And, and Disney... Disney's all, Disney soundtracks is a whole nother discussion. Oh, they, they really do a great job. Yeah. Especially like in the Toy Story movies. Yeah. They really line up like really great songs and they write great songs yeah. for movies. You know, You Got a Friend in Me was one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest songs there ever was. The song from The Lion King that Elton John did was a huge hit. I don't need to ever hear that song ever again. No, no. But, but it was it was huge. Yeah. I remember seeing him in concert that tour and he goes into it. And they have all the animation on the side of the stage and everybody's, I'm like, this song sucks, man. Yeah, I don't think it's a very good song. No, um, they sold a lot of records. Yeah. And I tried figuring out what are some of the top selling soundtracks of all time. And I started struggling with this because at some point the music industry changed and they don't sell physical albums anymore. It's a shame. It's like, well, how the hell does the RIAA determine if something is platinum in an era where the really the only place you're getting a CD now is if at Target and Walmart. So that the top selling soundtrack of all time is The Bodyguard. It sold 45 million copies. It's the 15th best selling album of all time in the United States. That was such a great movie. I mean, I think 
Whitney Houston was so good in that movie, and she had a future in making movies, but she couldn't give up the crack rock. Yeah, yeah. Cocaine's yeah. a hell of a drug. Is a hell of a drug. Rick James would say. And then I started putting together, like, I was trying to find a list, and at some point I was wondering if something like the Frozen soundtrack would be on the list of the top-selling movie soundtracks of all time, and I couldn't find anything on how much it sold. Because music all went digital. So it's really like it's hard to even come up with that accurate list anymore of like popularity of music. And I'm like, does does somebody have to listen to Frozen on Spotify all twelve tracks for it to count as a sale? I, I have no idea how that works. It's so tricky how they go by things now. Yeah, is it by click? By each click is a is a play on I Spotify? Know. I don't know what the uh, what the damn kids how they calculate it anymore. I don't know. I just see you're very interested in the Frozen soundtrack. I, <laughs> that's that's interesting. Though. I have three kids, so um, uh, God bless them because they want to listen to Motley Crue and you want to listen to the Frozen soundtrack. Right. Do you want to build a snowman? No, I don't. I want to go listen to Doctor Feelgood in the backyard. I think another great director is Quentin Tarantino. He does the same thing as as Scorsese does. But he has this gimmick of picking songs that weren't they weren't super famous, but the scenes make the song famous. The beginning of Pulp Fiction. Yes. You hear Jungle Boogie coming through it. Now I didn't I never heard of Jungle Boogie before that. Right. I knew Cool and the Gang from Celebration. Yeah. That soundtrack is unbelievable. The it's Pulp a, Fiction soundtrack. It's fantastic. The scenes in the movie when Travolta's dancing with um Uma Thurman. Yeah. And they're uh, Jack Rabbit Slims. Yeah, I can I can hear the Teenage Wedding song in my head, and I can see them dancing dancing around. It's so iconic. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, music is almost every song in there. If I put that soundtrack on, I can instantly see the scene that's it's going with. Yeah, if I just wrote down like a bunch of uh, random scenes from movies and songs that I associate with them, and Reservoir Dogs is on my list. Yeah, of stuck in the middle with you from Steelers Wheels when it's sawing the dude's ear off and Classic. walking dancing around with it. You cannot hear that song and not see the guy say hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah, and Quentin Tarantino, almost every movie he makes, there's amazing music in it. I really like Django. That's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, and even like that movie, he picks songs that show off the scenes. The movie is supposed to take place probably late 1800s early 1900s and he's playing like funk music in there while Django's shooting all the ranchmen down I think he's he thinks on a totally different level on music when it comes to his his films yeah and I think he he likes digging up artists that maybe have kind of fallen off the radar with popularity totally imagine his vinyl collection yeah it's probably awesome even like Jackie Brown there's some great music in Reservoir Dogs Jackie Brown has such a Great soundtrack. They have a song on there. It's called The Sissy Strut, and it's a instrumental. If you heard it, you'd know what it mm-hmm. is. It's a really hot song. And every time I hear that song, I think of Jackie Brown. I really like that last DiCaprio movie he made, the, the Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was a great movie. I haven't seen that yet. And Th- that was we were just movie. talking about that the other day, that we need to watch that. That soundtrack is dynamite. The, the time period, it's like, yeah. you know, late 60s. I don't want to give away the film or anything like that, but the soundtrack is dynamite. So I wrote down a couple favorite music scenes from movies, and I just want to run through them real quick and get your reaction on them. And kind of what started this list for me was when we were talking last week about, uh, I was talking about Credence, and I brought up Fortunate Son in the scene from Forrest Gump. Some other good ones that I wrote down was um, 
uh, Full Metal Jacket. These boots are made from walking by Nancy Sinatra, uh, where they're talking to the prostitute. What a great movie that right? is. Right. It's fantastic. It's like, oh, I, we're trying to keep this Right, this but, clean. but that song, uh, the clip from that scene wound up being in the Two Live Crew song. Oh, Me So Horny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Deo by Harry Belafonte With in Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. That is such a classic scene. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World. Which is, I think, the most iconic scene for rock and roll and film is Wayne's World. Yeah. Like, um, that really made a huge, huge breakdown for Queen to bring that song back to them. Yeah, it was a, I think it was like a number one song. It yeah. was huge, and it, the song was 20, 30 years old at that yeah. point. Yeah. And it's still seven minutes long. Um, <laughs> but you still can't, you know, you can't be in the car and that come on and not start singing like those dudes are doing in the movie. No, it's totally, totally yeah. stetched in my head. Tequila, the song Tequila from Pee Wee's Big, big Adventure. When he's, it's, such, it's, it's another one. He's got those big white shoes on. And he's doing that dance, classic, classic yeah. scene. Uh, Marty McFly playing Chuck Berry oh. in Back to the Future. My, I think he, I think Marty McFly is my favorite superhero of all time. I saw that as a kid, and I didn't want. I, maybe I wanted to play guitar at first, but then I, I I decided I wanted to play drums instead. But that totally had an influence on me to want to be in a rock and roll band. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, from Where Brother Are Art, art Thou. Uh, George Clooney and the band sing a band of cunts and sorrow. That's and they a great song. I, I love that movie. I just watched that like, yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago. It, it's supposed to be a Shakespeare play. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's a replay of the Odyssey. Okay. The old old Greek play. Yeah. It's, it, I like the Coen Brothers stuff. Their, their music's really... They also have great soundtracks. Yeah. I mean, a lot the of Big quirky. Lebowski. Yeah, Big Lebowski's awesome. A lot of quirky, really weird music. Take My Breath Away from Berlin in Top Gun. Top Gun. Gun. Danger Zone. I'm, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about Top Gun a little yeah. later. And then I wrote uh, Rodney Dangerfield singing Twist and Shout and Back to School. That is hysterical. What a great movie that yeah. is. So that was it. I just I just started writing down like there were certain things that any one of those songs, and even as I mentioned them, you knew exactly what the scenes of the movies were that were bringing up. Yeah, I'm a movie, I'm a movie fanatic, man. I was looking on the internet. And I wanted to come up with overused songs in movies. So these are songs that were in a lot of movies. Like you're always going to hear, not in any order whatsoever, but one of them's Along the Watchtower, Jimi Hendrix. You hear that in a lot of movies. It's in Forrest Gump when he's running, when he's running away from the Viet Cong. Gimme Shelter. That's one that's used very much. Yeah. Scorsese used that one we were talking about earlier. Walking on Sunshine. Bruce is nodding his yeah, head. It's, like, it's, no. like, it's got to be in like a zillion movies. It's in a hundred mil- million movies. Yeah. Another one is Bad to the Bone. I'm sure everybody could think of a, one sequence in a movie that Bad to the Bones made. I think of Problem Child. And when they. I always think of uh, Married with Children when he plays that whenever he's like getting ready to go to the bathroom or something. They would, <laughs> like, they would play it. Another one was Sweet Home Alabama, which. I always think of the Nicolas Cage movie when he's in jail, Con Air, and they're flying. The, all the convicts are flying away. They all got away, and they're playing Sweet Home Alabama in the background. And Steve Nashemi is sitting there, and he's like, what are these idiots celebrating a band that crashed in an airplane crash, and we're on a plane? You know, I don't know exactly yeah. what he said, but it was pretty funny. Another one is Kung Fu Fighting. I mean, that's in a lot of different movies. Kung Fu, Panda, I'm sure it was in. Another great one is Staying Alive. I was watching Airplane the other night. And you see that classic scene when he's redoing Saturday Night Fever. I think that song is just known for a lot of different things. 
you were saying somewhere over the rainbow a while ago. They have a hundred different screen credits that movie was in, of somewhere over the rainbow. Oh, that song was in. Yeah, hmm. besides the Wizard of Oz. The last one I've written down here is Born to Be Wild. All those songs, they're on every jukebox and every bar. Uh, they're in a million movies. They're, they're in, in a million commercials. Commercials, romantic comedies. And we may say, oh, man, those are so overplayed. The people that own those songs are probably all really, really rich. Oh, I mean. You know, just licensing the crap out of them. Kristen and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine. Whoever wrote that song, I hope they kept on that royalty, man. Yeah. You just see it everywhere. Some other uh, soundtracks I was looking into. One of the first soundtracks to ever use songs that were already popular was The Graduate. Oh, wow. That they made a decision that a lot of those songs were already available. Sound of Silence was had already been a number one hit before the movie, but now everybody associates it with the movie. Wow. That and uh, Mrs. Robinson and all that other all that other great music. Yeah, I never knew that. I always thought that was made for the movie. Yeah, I did too and I started doing the research. Some other big soundtracks from like the 70s and older that I started looking into. The soundtrack for Urban Cowboy. Oh, uh, I was thinking, I have that on the list for something also. Yeah, it was like number three in the US. I wrote down just a, a couple songs that were on it, like All Night Long by Joe Walsh, Lion Eyes by the Beatles, Looking for Love, Devil Went Down to Georgia is on there, Bonnie Raitt, Kenny Rogers. I totally have a memory of my parents having that on 8-track and playing that all the time. Oh, God, it's a staple. I don't remember if it's a very good movie or not. I don't don't think I've seen it in a long time. I was watching Urban Cowboy a couple weeks ago, and let me just say, that movie sucks. Does it? Yeah. The only thing good about that movie is the soundtrack. And you got Devil Go Down to Georgia on there. Um, there was a bunch of other Yeehaw songs, yeah. obviously. But everything about that soundtrack was dynamite. Yeah. The movie sucked, but the soundtrack was awesome. Movies that are really bad that have great music in it is uh, Flash Gordon. Yes, with Queen's was, soundtrack. Yeah, was, I, I love the song. So Queen wrote the whole soundtrack. It's all instrumental except for that song and one other one. Queen also wrote the soundtrack for Highlander. But, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. The song from that movie, the theme song "Flash," I just I really like. The movie's so cheesy, and I know I that's, I know that that's what they're doing on purpose. Yeah, I, I love that movie. I I remember watching that growing up, and hearing that it was so cheesy. All everything was sparkling in that movie, yeah. and what the hell it was about, I had no idea. I'm sure that's what they were going for, but it's even knowing that when you watch it, you're just like, wow, it's so it's so cheesy. I love it though; brings back a lot of memories. Another random one I had was Saturday Night Fever. You know, that movie is so awesome. There's so much good stuff going on in that movie, and I'm just not even talking about the soundtrack. The opening scene of that movie, when he, you know, you know that opening scene when he's walking down the street and you hear the Bee Gees in the background. You know the rhythm of how he's walking. It sold 16 million copies. It's the second best-selling soundtrack of all time. It's on the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. It's 132. It won the Grammy for Best Album. And it made the Bee Gees and Disco just huge, huge, huge hits. The Bee Gees are one of those bands I just don't get. They're, I like their really early Barry stuff. Barry Gibbs is awesome. It's a shame that they get stuck in that whole disco era. There's so much more to them. I remember when we were working in the music store together 30 years ago wow. that they had one of their... It was either a concert or a re-release of some of the really early stuff. And I remember listening to it, and I always thought, oh, okay, they're staying alive, dudes. And it, it had almost like a really early Beatles sound, and I'm by no means comparing the Bee Gees to the Beatles. But 
it just had a completely different sound to it. And I was like, all right, this isn't bad. No, it was layered. They, yeah. They, they really used the recording studio as an instrument on that record, on the Bee Gees anyway. Barry Gibbs, I don't know, he came to concert a few years ago. I really wish I went and saw him. I heard that was just a big party, like super hit after super hit. Hmm. I would have loved to see him. Saturday Night Fever, I think it's one of the biggest selling soundtracks of all time. If you never even listen to it and you're at a party and you guys want to start dancing, definitely put that album on. Yeah, you know on. the song. You're right. You do know every song. So I looked up the track listing on it, and it was a lot of songs. I was like, oh, I know that, and I know that, and I know that. Saturday Night Fever is on a list that I found also. It's like soundtracks that did better than the movie. Saturday Night Fever is one of them. The soundtrack sold more than people went and saw the movie. Another one of them is uh, Empire Records. That Remember was that on movie? my list of CD of uh, uh, albums to talk about, too. Yeah, I mean, that was a great one. There was a lot of great, I guess you could say, grungish kind of music on there. My notes for them in here say it's just a it's just a mixtape of mid-90s alternative music. It had uh, Till I Hear It From You by the Gin Blossoms. Great song. Which is a great song. And then I just wrote some of the other bands that were on that soundtrack. The Cranberries, Edwin Collins, who I never understood how that guy was only a one-hit wonder because he sounded so much like David Bowie. Toad the Wet Sprocket, who is one of my favorite bands from the 90s. Cracker, Evan Dando from the Lemonheads, Better Than Ezra, and a band called Drill that nobody ever remembers, but the singer went on to become the singer from uh, KMFDM, the industrial band. Oh, wow. But yeah, just a, a lot of great 90s music. Now, let me ask you. you we worked in the record store. Was yeah. working in a record store that fun? No. We didn't have Parts that. of it were. Some of it was. We didn't have no hot chicks working at the store no. with us. No. You know, Steven Tyler's daughter wasn't working no. with us. No. Not even close. Yeah. Another. You have something else you want to say? No, about no, Empire? please. I want to hear some more of these. This um, so another soundtrack that was bigger than the movie was Batman Forever. They had the Seal song on it. Yeah. And it also had the U2 song on there. Yeah. One of our um, Facebook listeners brought that up, brought this up when we were teasing this episode. And so we had to talk about it. If I never hear Kiss from a Rose again, I would, I could be a happy person. That is one of the worst songs ever. I don't, I don't know how it was a hit then. The U2 song, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, I really liked. Oh, that was a huge song. I just saw them a couple years ago and they actually played that. It was awesome. Michael Hutchins from In Excess covers The Passenger by Iggy Pop on that soundtrack. Really? Which I don't remember, but I saw it on I don't the remember track listing. Either. Huh. Um, and I remember there was a Method Man song on there too that I that I remembered. A song called The Riddler. Hmm. But yeah, that was it's a good soundtrack. That Kiss from a Rose song was just was huge. Huge. Um, and I, I liked a lot of the other stuff that Seal did in his career, I just I did not like just that song. That song. Yeah. yeah, I like Seal a lot. I just don't like that song. Yeah, it was it was too much. Another soundtrack that was bigger than the movie, and I think we could sit here and talk about it. The Crow. Yes, also the, on my list of things to talk about. The Crow was huge. The movie was big, but then the soundtrack just sold so much of it. It's on this list. The soundtrack or the mixtapes of like mid nineties angst. Like, music is getting... Like, industrial. Yeah, like Nine Inch Nails and Raging Against the Machine, Helmet. Like, all that kind of stuff is starting. I felt like a lot of movies start biting off of them, like the Underworld movies. Yeah. I don't know. Those movies just have this industrial Nine Inch Nails kind of vibe to it. Crow also had The Cure on there. Yes. Great song. Brandon Lee died, so it made the movie even more popular. It just became the... The look of all the kids wearing all black at the time. Oh, all the kids in the mall were yeah. like wearing like yeah. goth. Goth, yeah. goth got pretty big after that. Yeah. Another one, which I wish Doug was here to talk about, was the movie Coneheads. 
they had a soundtrack that was really big and Soul the Squeeze came off that soundtrack. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. And I just know how much Doug loves that song. Remember, it came from Does such Does he really? A, he likes that song? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's such a great song, a bass-driven song. I, I can understand why he loves it. But it came from such a bad movie, The Coneheads. Yeah, it's really bad. It's a terrible movie. We were talking about the Top Gun soundtrack earlier, Danger Zone. You just hear that song, and you just you could see those planes taking off. And I, I see them taking off in my head. I had five songs I wrote down from that movie. And every one of them, I can instantly see the song. It's Danger Zone, the plane's taken off, Take My Breath Away, where he's driving the motorcycle, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. Like here, they're sitting in the backyard, Great Balls of Fire, where they're playing in the piano bar. Yeah. And you lost that love and feeling when they're all serenading. They're all sitting around. I tried that in a bar once. It never worked. You're right. That's such a great moment. You didn't mention the Top Gun anthem. That was Steven Stevens playing that okay. on that track. I had another movie that the soundtrack did way better, and that was the soundtrack for Judgment Night. Great soundtrack. I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about that one. Uh, that was a that was like ahead of its time. Absolutely groundbreaking. When it, every song was a hip hop artist and a rock and roll artist come yeah. together. And there's some really cool stuff on there, like Cypress Hill and Pearl Jam did a song together. Yeah. It was like Helmet and House of Pain. I remember Onyx um, being on there with somebody. Onyx was on there with... Uh, there was a, just a yeah. lot of matchups on that on that album. I liked that movie, too. Yeah, it didn't do very well. But the, I remember the soundtrack being big. I totally remember that. Yeah, it was, it was bring that rap rock together at first, and maybe another five years later, you had this rap rock yeah. thing that was coming along it was biohazard and onyx biohazard uh, and onyx run yeah. dmc and in, in living color faith no more in the booyah tribe sir mix a lot and mud honey just a lot of really cool funky different things helmet and house of pain i mentioned pearl jam and cypress hill i still listen to that cypress hill and pearl jam song it's on my running playlist really really cool great album another soundtrack that did better than the movie did was singles the single soundtrack was awesome. It had Pearl Jam on it. It had Soundgarden on it. It had Mother Love Bone on it. State of Love and Trust Pearl Jam on that is it, just a staple for me when I first heard that song. It was more on the soundtrack than I remember being it in the movie. Wood was on that soundtrack. Allison, yeah, Alice in Chains was... They're one of my favorite bands, period. Mm. And I, I totally remember being in a Tower Records walking around and hearing that song playing in the store and going, whoa, what is that? That sounds so cool. Yeah. I, I need that. And then buying this this album when I was there. I just bought it on the spot after hearing Wood. Smashing Pumpkins is on that album. Screaming Trees, who mm. I also really like. Paul Westerberg, after he left The Replacements, is on there. That soundtrack was like the introduction to grunge music for a lot of people. Totally. I don't remember much about the movie. I found it to be largely See, No, it was just a bunch of single people trying to find their person out there. That was uh, what that movie was about. But definitely the music was better than the movies. But Cameron Crowe made that movie. And Cameron Crowe made also another movie that soundtrack was bigger than the movie was Say Anything. Say Anything made In Your Eyes like a household thing. It was always on the radio. Every time I hear that song, I think of John Cusack with the boombox over Holding the boombox. There was also Mother Love Bone was on that soundtrack. Guys don't know who Mother Love Bone is. That's the band... Basically, it was Pearl Jam and Soundgarden together. Red Hot Chili Peppers are on there. Joe Satriani's on there. I only bring that up. To, I'm going to tr- try to keep sneaking him into every, every episode, episode of this show now. Sats. Um, Fishbone, Depeche Mode, Cheap Trick. Cult of Personality by Living Color was on that soundtrack. Really? That was yeah. a great song. Yeah. 
But you're right, In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel was just a huge, huge, huge hit. And it's hard to not hear that song and, like you said, think of John Cusack in the driveway holding up the, the boombox. I mean, it's, it's a great a, song. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a great scene. It's a great movie. It's not Cameron Crowe's best movie. But I tell you what his best movie was, was Almost Famous. Almost Famous is so great. If you ever wanted to be in a rock and roll band and know what it's like to be on tour and everything like that, watch that movie because it's dead on. And that's his experience of being, if you ever watched the movie, it's about a kid becoming a, a journalist for Rolling Stone magazine and going on tour with these bands. So now you got this little kid writing articles for these bands and they're taking them on and getting them laid and getting them drunk and adolescents come really fast with this dude. But that's a great soundtrack. There's so much good songs on Almost Famous. Doug and I were talking earlier. He really wanted to make an effort to talk about American Graffiti. What a great movie yeah. that is. If you've never seen that movie, that's what they made Happy Days after. And that soundtrack is unbelievable. It's just 50s, hot rod music, cruising, going to the diner, everything being a teenager, that movie is. Days and Confused is another one. Days and Confused, that, I think that's one of the greatest movies around. That movie, just kids hanging out for one day. Man, that soundtrack's unbelievable. Tuesday's Gone, Low Rider. Yeah, that was one. I didn't put it on my list as I was pulling my notes together, but once you just said that, I was like, oh yeah, there's a lot of really good music on that soundtrack. There's a lot. That movie had so many hits on it, they made two soundtracks. There was a volume one and volume two. Another soundtrack I wrote down that had two volumes was The Wedding Singer. Did it really? Yeah. So there's two volumes of that. And that was like the first the first one that was a throwback about the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, the 80s movies were about the 70s. And now there's a movie that come out and they were all dressed up as the 80s. But there were two soundtracks for that. It was it was all 80s music that was really popular. I love the 80s. They were so much fun. And some weird music. They had some weird music. There were some weird movies, though, in the 80s, too. One of the questions I wanted to ask was the 80s, the era of all-time fantastic movie soundtracks. I think so. I thought so, too. I wish Doug was here to have this discussion, because I think when we were sharing our notes ahead of time that he disagreed and thought that some other, even older movie soundtracks were even better, and I kind of expected him to come in and talk about maybe some of the Beatles movies or... Yeah, the wall. Hard Day's Night is a great yeah. soundtrack. Some of the eighty soundtracks, Top Gun, we just we already talked about yeah. The Breakfast Club. Totally Pretty in Pink. Yeah, Pretty in Pink. Footloose. Footloose had three top ten songs came out of it. Purple Rain, Good Morning Vietnam, Fast Time at Ridgemont High. Dirty Dancing was huge. Dirty Dancing. So the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, and a couple people mentioned this on Facebook as well when we were teasing this topic, and they brought it up, and a couple people were almost apologetic for saying that they liked that soundtrack. Really? There's a lot of really great music. I hate to say it, but I really love that movie. I, and as I've gotten older, it's a, it's a good movie. Nobody puts Baby in the Corner. No. So many great songs on that, that one. The movie's a little creepy. Here's Patrick Swayze. He's like 50, and Baby's like 16 years old. Taking her across state lines, and there's a lot like of weird shit going on. Abortion, oh. the back, the back room that's abortion. A, that's a dark movie. Yeah, that's a dark, dark movie. But but there's a lot of really good music in it. Even Patrick Swayze singing on it, he can. He she, can he's he can like sing. the wind. She's yeah, like the wind. Yeah, he was a talented dude, and he could sing. Hungry Eyes was on that soundtrack. Yeah. Great song. It's a movie that music is such a huge part of it. I think it's one of those movies that you can watch during the summer and not feel so guilty about yeah. watching it. 20-year-old me would really break the balls of 44-year-old me for saying I like that movie now. But well, there's a lot of things. My, <laughs> my younger self would kick myself's ass now that's, that's at 44 true. years old. Another kind of one-off soundtrack that I wrote down was uh, The Lost Boys. 
great from the 80s yeah great movie that, that one song cry little sister is just i really really like it that's all i got i just really like no, that song. i love that movie the Corys, keith or sutherland vampires the bon jovi song from young guns 2 just popped in my head when that's a keith great sutherland. soundtrack yeah that's another soundtrack that did better than the movie blaze of glory that soundtrack is great though yeah. the bon jovi soundtrack i love that movie the purple rain soundtrack i wrote down purple rain's a great movie i think it's just one big video like the movie is one big concert video mars day in a time is awesome in that movie and the Prince, songs the Prince just unbelievable so. when he's doing darling nikki i think that's one of the best scenes in the movie i mean when he comes out and he does purple rain at the end though it's an like, unbelievable scene. I was never really into Prince that much. The high-pitched voice, the quirkiness. And then when he did the Super Bowl yeah, and watching him play guitar, and I was yeah. like, I was like, he did uh, All Along the Watchtower. Yeah. And I was like, man, that dude can really, really play the guitar. I seen him that year in concert. Oh, really? Bruce, it was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. People ask me, what's the greatest concert I've ever went to? And I say, it's Prince. When he did Purple Rain... The whole stadium stopped, and like I think everybody had a tear in their eye. The rest of the soundtrack's awesome. I'd die for you. Let's go crazy. Yeah. As I've gotten older, my, my opinion on him has definitely softened a lot. I feel like that movie captured the 80s, captured a time that is probably going to be forgotten about. The cars, the hairstyles, the music. People look down on the 80s and say how corny it was, but also... How beautiful it was. How all the clothes were, were sparkly. The music was all happy. I wish some, I wish we get some 80s back here now, man. Could use a little 80s right now. We need a little uh, synthesizer on everything and some neon colors and a shit ton of uh, hairspray and the high hair. I, I say we bring it back. I don't have any hair right. left. <laughs> I was thinking about another song that's bigger than the movie, and it's on the dark side for Eddie and the Cruisers. Eddie and the Cruisers out. That's an awesome movie about a band, rock and roll band. It's a Jersey Shore for the summer. I don't know if you remember that movie. It's uh, John Cafferty. John Cafferty, oh, yeah. Beaver Brown Band. Like, that song's bigger than the movie. I know people my age have never even seen that movie. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? I am a enormous Bruce Springsteen fan. And they had a tribute for Clarence Clemens, after, I guess the year after he died, down the Jersey Shore. And they had a bunch of uh, bands and stuff that were playing and a lot of local shore bands. And John Cafferty was there. No and way. Would, yeah, and they said, oh, now introducing John Cafferty. I didn't remember who that was. You know and then the when, he played, when he played the song, you know, I was at the bar getting a drink or something, and I was like, holy shit, I know that song. Everybody knows that. And then the yeah. whole place went crazy. He's got, I, I really paid attention to him over the years. He's got a bunch of great songs. And they made a sequel to Eddie and the Cruisers. It wasn't very good, but the soundtrack was really good. He's very underrated. I feel like Springsteen just wiped him out of the out of the sky like he didn't have a chance like he was the other guy that was the jersey sound the jersey shore sound sound. and and he just got lost in the mix like Southside johnny so like Southside johnny there was just one guy that came from asbury park and that was bruce springsteen that's a shame that those guys didn't have much of a career and they had the same sound so we've been rapping for 50 minutes Okay, well, so, I'm sure we can edit. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to cut it down to uh, 20. But um, <laughs> why don't we take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some more great movie music. Awesome, stick it around. This episode of The Prisoners of Rock and Roll is brought to you by McCusker's Tavern, located at 17th and Shunk Streets in South Philadelphia. McCusker's Tavern has been in business for more than 50 years, making it the oldest bar west of Broad Street and a city known for its neighborhood watering holes. Minutes from the sports stadium, McCusker's is a great place to stop in for a few beers before or after a game or a concert. 
There's a reason why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy have ranked it as one of the best dive bars in the city. Music is such an important part of McCusker's Tavern that we're actually recording this episode from there right now. They're currently closed due to the pandemic, but miss everyone and hope to see them soon. In the meantime, check them out on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. All right. Well, we're back from the commercial break, and we're ready to continue our great conversation about movie soundtracks. Before we jump back into it, and we have a bunch of movies that we haven't spoken about yet and a bunch of songs we haven't spoken about yet, I wanted to read a quote from one of our listeners. Uh, Tracy from Philadelphia, when we teased this on Facebook, said, uh, and I thought she, she summed this up perfectly. She said, there are so many songs that you hear that are tied to movies that you can't undo in your brain. We speak in movies and music. It's like the music becomes its own movie quote. I thought that quote was just perfect. It just summed up everything. Thanks, Tracy. So let's get back into it. So what are the movies you got? Let's talk about biopics. I think one of the best biopic there was was Walk the Line. Fantastic movie. I mean, it made so many more Johnny Cash fans out there. And he was great in it. I, I don't think he sounded like Johnny Cash, but it was a good impression of him. There was a girl in the bar one time, and she played Walk the Line. And she's like, this ain't Jacqueline Phoenix singing this. And I was like, oh, I feel so sorry for you, uh, sweetheart. Uh, that was a, a shame. Yeah, I didn't even know what to say to her. That's one of my favorite biopics. There's versions of songs on that soundtrack that I actually, I like his version of Cocaine Blues better than I like it's Johnny great, Cash's. Yeah, it's a great version. He had the mannerisms down in the movie, the way he would hold the guitar real high. Yeah. Just really, really cool. And Reese Witherspoon is good as She's June so Carter. She's so awesome as June it. Carter Cash, yeah. too. You know, John gets the big billing out of the, the two of them, but June Carter Cash was from like Carries them. Country music royalty. Totally. They did a great version of It Ain't Me, Babe on that soundtrack. Yeah. And I don't know if they ever played that in concert, but them singing Jacqueline Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon, uh, Reese, them singing the harmonies together are unbelievable. Another great movie was Ray. That movie was awesome. Jamie Foxx was so good as Ray Charles. I don't know how he pulled it off so good. He sang just like him. He was played piano unbelievably on it do you think ray charles will stand the test of time and hold up as like a famous artist as we get older no it's a shame i think he's gonna be forgotten about i think he is too i've never thought of that before But that's why they have to keep these movies on tv they have to leave ray on syndication so kids do know about real music the soundtrack to ray was unbelievable to see how he recorded his songs how ray charles sang different layers on different tracks. He sang the girl parts, you know, on all of his backgrounds. Another great movie, which I saw in the theater when it came out, was La Bamba. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit last week. Yeah, um, Richie uh, Vallis. Dying in the, the day the music died with Buddy Holly. That's a great movie. Another awesome biopic was Sid and Nancy. Gary Oldman played Sid Vicious. Yeah. That, Gary Oldman's a weird dude. Uh, he can play me anytime. <laughs> he can play Ryan McCusker anytime he wants. If you like the Sex Pistols or you're a little infatuated by Sid Vicious, maybe check this movie out. Gary Ullman nails it. I don't know how he didn't win an Academy Award for his portrayal of Sid Vicious. Another great one, Straight Out Compton. What a great movie that was. I haven't seen that yet, and it's been, really? on, my, it's been on my list of things to check out. You, you should watch it because you lived through it. Yeah. You, like, you remember everything that happened in that movie going on. So yeah. you should definitely check that. I think you'd really enjoy it. Another great biopic was The Runaways. I don't think this movie gets any love. This movie was great about Joan Jett, mostly. So underrated. The songs are great in it. Again, if you ever wonder it was like being in a band, that really summed it up, the, the excitement of being in a band. Another great biopic was The Doors. 
Yeah, again, talked about them last week, right? The Doors, I mean, that was my first introduction to The Doors, was watching the movie. It's a weird movie. It's a really dark movie. We were talking about it last week. It didn't portray Jim Morrison very well. Yeah, as you said last week, he's an asshole. Oh, he was an asshole. Yeah. But, you know, he was Jim Morrison. But the movie's really good. If you've never seen it, you should check it out. The music of The Doors are all through through the movie. You have to listen to Val Kilmer a little bit, trying to beat Jim Morrison. He sings all the uh, live concert footage, and he really does a great job at it. Yeah. He, he really does. And like For the longest time, when I was a kid, I would look at Jim Morrison and be like, no, it's not Val Kilmer, which right. makes me no worse than the girl in here. Right. We'll, we'll walk right. the line. Joaquin Phoenix isn't yeah. uh, Johnny Cash. I, I think we should mention, too, biopics would be uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Great movie. Yeah. I liked it. The music from that. I mean, Queen is, he's yeah. the best front man in the history of music. I'm old enough that I remember my parents had that Live Aid concert on on video cassette. Yeah. And I remember watching it. So even watching the movie version, and I know they cut it like scene for scene. It's unreal. It's, it's, it's how exact it is. But it's I remember like, that performance of Live Aid was unbelievable. And yeah. how they betrayed it was dead on, scene for scene, move by move. It was great. The, the little looks that Freddie Mercury did, that kid made in the movie. Unbelievable yeah. movie. Just so much great music. It seems like every 20 years or so, they kind of sneak back into the mainstream. With the, uh, we talked about with Wayne's World and Bohemian Rhapsody becoming a huge hit again. And then with this movie, they were huge. You know, I We went and saw them with Adam Lambert on the first tour when they first started touring. We paid $20 to go see them. Wow. Was Two it days. good? It was good. it was really good for twenty bucks. Yeah, it was like twenty bucks, man. I'll go watch you play guitar for twenty bucks. I, I shit, I've come and watched you play guitar. You watch you, you for free. I watched you play drums for free. <laughs> but um, you know, I'll go see anybody. We're like twenty bucks, man. I'll go watch Brian May play guitar. And Adam Lambert can sing. I know he's a contestant no, on a game great. show. No, there's not many people that can be Freddie Mercury, right? And he has a great voice. Contest winner or not. But then when the movie came out and they went on tour again, you couldn't get tickets to that show anymore. They were 80 bucks, 100 bucks, or whatever they were. You know, again, like we were saying last week, somebody comes around, jump on it because you never know they're going to be huge or they're going to die. I wish I went to that show. I would have loved to see Brian May in concert to hear that guitar live. He's so talented. Yeah. Wow. Another great biopic was Selena. Jennifer Lopez did a great job at that. I don't know. Selena's, it's been around a long time, so we don't really need to talk about it a whole lot. I don't know a whole lot about her music. I, I know she was, we were working in the music store when she started the crossover. In yeah, American I remember music. when she died, we were yeah, working. Yeah, and, and then she passed away. You know who Joy Division is? Yeah. They made a movie called Control, and it was about Joy Division, Joy Division about their lead singer. Very sad movie, but it's a great movie. All the Joy Division songs are in it. Maybe you should check that out if you're into them. And for the last one I have written down here is What Love's Got to Do With It. With Tina Turner, the Tina Turner movie with Ike, Lawrence Fishburne. Each of the last two episodes, we've given out our Prisoners of Rock and Roll shitbag award. <laughs> this week I think is Ike, Ike Turner. Ike Turner gets the uh, episode three Prisoners of Rock and Roll shitbag award. Again, super talented Ike Turner was both so of them. fucking talented. He, yeah. he invented rock and roll. He did. He wrote yeah. right, the first rock and roll song. Yeah. It's Sun Records, which we said we're, we'll do an episode on the beginning of it. And man, she could sing. She was so good in that movie. People, people make such a big deal about her legs and everything. I was like, dude, her voice. Tina Turner. I wish I wouldn't saw her in, in concert. I had a chance to see her maybe about 10 years ago. I didn't go. I wish I wouldn't saw that. Yeah, biopics are great. 
and they're really great ways to kind of dip your toes in and get a sampling of music for a certain band. Like you said, The Doors. I mean, The Doors, they were only recording for a couple of years, but they still had a, a really big library of, of music that they put together. And in an hour and a half, you kind of get a, a feel for it. Same with like Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash recorded hundreds and hundreds of albums. Oh, yeah. But you can dive in, kind of get the, the feel for what he is and what his lifestyle was and his music. And then if you really want to go down the rabbit hole and learn a whole lot more, yeah. you can do that. I want to talk a little bit about, I know we're the prisoners of rock and roll, but I want to be the prisoners of hip-hop for a minute. Great. So I started looking into, since we're going to talk about all kinds of music on this show, yeah. I started thinking about hip-hop songs that have become huge crossover hits because they were in movies. And I came up with a list of, I think it's about 10 songs, that really became big and, and hip-hop came into the mainstream because they were in a movie. So I'm just going to rattle off a couple songs here. Lose Yourself by Eminem from 8 Mile, the, awesome. the mom spaghetti song. He was popular before that anyway. Oh, yeah. He was a star. Yeah, everybody knew him. But that was a huge hit. Fight the Power by Public Enemy from Do the Right Thing. Great I, movie. I love Public Enemy. I just yeah. I love how Chuck D rolls. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant guy. Yeah, just really. I always think they're funny that Chuck D will be like, you got to stay in school. You got to be educated. And then, then Flavor, yeah, Flavor Flav. Flav. He's stealing the rims off your car in the parking lot while you're <laughs> smoking crack. Right, right, right. Just I was always down with them. Yeah. Regulate by Warren G and Nate Dogg was in Above the Rim. Again, another huge Great song. Movie. Great song. It was like hip hop, but it had a real kind of a, a soul to it. They called it the G funk. It was just a really cool song uh sound. Men in Black by Will Smith. Will Smith had some huge hits. Huge hits out of Wild Wild West was a big huge. hit. The Ninja Rap by Vanilla Ice and Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles Ninja too. Rap. We Be Clubbing by Ice Cube was in the Players Club. Keep Their Heads Ringing by Dr. Dre was in Friday. Gangster's Paradise by Coolio was in Dangerous Minds. That song was that everywhere. Was that was a huge, huge, huge hit. Huge. Um, Ghetto Superstar by Proz from the Fugees. Old Dirty Bastard and Maya was in Bullworth. And then, I don't think this was a huge hit, but the title song from He, he Got, Got Game. Game. Oh, that's a great song. Public Enemy and Stephen Stills. It's a great just, song. It's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's a great really, song. really cool. It's got the Buffalo Springfield track through it, and Stephen Stills sings on it. So I just thought that was cool, just finding some, era, some times where hip-hop music steps into the mainstream with all these movies. And Spike Lee also, we didn't talk about him as filmmakers who are really good at using music in their movies. I can't hear Change Gonna Come by Sam Cooke without thinking of that scene in Malcolm X when he's walking down the street going to the, the speech where, he, where he was assassinated. And yeah. he's, his voice, man, was just so good. Yeah, he has some great songs. Um, you're talking about hip-hop in movies. And I thought what really captured the 80s hip-hop scene, early breakdancing break scene, was Breakin' and Beach Street. Those movies are like time capsules. I, I watched Beach Street the other night. And um, seeing like decrepit New York City with the graffiti, it took me back. All the breakdancing moves, they're flowing like a piece of tile down and just breakdancing. Like, all that's gone. People how forget. Did, how did that art form go away? I don't know. Like, every time we see it, we're like, that's so friggin' cool. Like, breakdancing was just really, really cool. Yeah, it was. They made Breakin' and they made Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo. I'm going to go get my piece of cardboard right now. I'm going to go do the worm right across the, the floor here. Oh, let me move out the tables out of the way. Watch out. Private party. It starts spinning around on my on my head. I always love how music will make the scene in the movie. I'm a really big fan of New York City in 1970. Any movies like Taxi Driver, Midnight Cowboy, Mean Streets, Dog Day Afternoon, 
they all have some great soundtracks to them. If you hear it in the background, you always hear like that saxophone in the background, especially in Taxi Driver. It's slummy kind of sound. We don't have any music playing right now, but you just saying that I can hear it in my head. Cinema for New York City in the 70s has, has always intrigued me. I always loved Taxi Driver. And Mean Streets is a good movie too. But in cinema, just a little tiny background music can make the scene. Little, little things. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, one soundtrack that we didn't talk about yet, or we, we hinted at, was the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Uh, the Forrest Gump soundtrack's classic. I would argue that the whole story is almost told through the music in it. Yeah. So much. I think that was, to me, that was my introduction to like really falling in love with classic rock and roll. It was but a I great was, introduction to a lot yeah, of it. It's like if you want to learn, hey, I'm new to, the, to music from that era, well, here you go. Go listen to these two albums, and you get a feel for, yeah. like, you know, there's a little bit of everything between Elvis and I think Aretha Franklin is on there. The Doors. The Doors are on there. There's some, uh, if you're going to San Francisco, some folk stuff. Yeah. It just really covered everything. The Beach Boys. It's really just a cool little primer of history of American rock and roll music. I think it's one of the best movies ever made, Forrest Gump. I think I saw it once, and I don't think I ever saw it again. Really? Yeah. I, the effects are awesome. Yeah. You, know, it just, you should watch it again, yeah, just yeah. for the soundtrack yeah. part of it, and see how it ties into it. I was looking at other soundtracks that did pretty well, which is a big part of their movie, is the Blues Brothers movie. Absolutely, the, yeah. Uh, their band, that soundtrack is so hot, man. Yeah. That scene when they're playing with Ray Charles in the music store, yeah. Shake Your Tail Feather, and then they're, they're playing in concert. I mean, man, that made me want to be in a band. Those concert footage of the Blues Brothers playing on stage, doing cartwheels around, and man, that made me want to be in a rock and roll band so bad. Another one I had was the soundtrack for Natural Born Killers. A lot of cool music in there. Nine Inch Nails was on there. Really effed up movie. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Leonard Cohen was in a couple songs from Leonard Cohen in that movie. And I remember hearing that him for the first time and his voice and i was like dude what is this his voice is so low i'm a, a huge leonard cohen fan it really started my my love affair with his music and everything and i've you know read his read a book about him and i've seen him in concert and collected almost everything that he did just a lot of really good music in that some heavy like l7 was on that soundtrack some other like heavier stuff you were talking about leonard cohen just watched a movie the other night from 1990 called Pump Up the Volume. Christian Slater. Christian Slater. This movie was about a pirate radio station. He would open up his show with Leonard Cohen, Everybody Knows. I don't know if you ever yeah. seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. What a great opening to that is. That soundtrack, that movie is unbelievable. On that soundtrack, you got Concrete Blonde, The Pixies, MC5, Soundgarden. It's just unbelievable. And there's other things in the movie, like... In the opening, you'd see that he has a Henry Rollins compilation cassette tape that says hardcore on it. And then he's reading a Lenny Bruce book in it. There's like a lot of great stuff going in that movie. I felt like it really captured the 1990 of what's going on with censorship and what teenagers were going through it. The teenage story is always the same, but the music changes. Yeah, that's the era when... uh like the parental advisory stickers are starting on music and they're starting to stop sales of certain types of music to people and everything else. I'm looking through my notes of any soundtracks that we haven't spoken about yet. I had two movies that are all about kind of the same topic was Good Morning Vietnam. Great movie. Uh, the Beach Boys are on there. Aretha Franklin is on there. Aretha Franklin apparently was on like every movie about <laughs> Vietnam ever made. James Brown is on there. And then the other soundtrack I had was Platoon. And I remember a couple songs from Platoon. I remember uh, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane being in there. I really remember Tracks of My Tears by Smokey Robinson being in there. But I guess most of all, I remember the orchestral 
uh, adagio for strings at the end when Willem Dafoe is running through the rice paddy and he gets shot. Yeah. Um, not a rock and roll song, but I remember that more than any of these other songs. Yeah, movies that basically take place in the 60s always have a great soundtrack. Born on the 4th of July is another one. That soundtrack's awesome. Vietnam was a really scary time in American history, but apparently the music was really good. The music yeah. was good. Everybody... Yeah. Everybody had new ideas then. Going to movies that we haven't talked about. I don't know. I thought movies caught the the, the decade of the 80s, like Weird Science. Everybody knows Weird Science, that song in the beginning of it. I think it was Oingo Boingo. That had a really fun soundtrack through it, through the movie. The dude from Oingo Boingo is like a really big... Yeah, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman, yeah. Wrote yeah. the Simpsons soundtrack. He and... sang on Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, he does every soundtrack for every TV show you could think of. Another great soundtrack was for Clerks. That was a great soundtrack. What a great movie that is. Now, I'm not supposed to be here today. It's the story of my life. <laughs> Another great one was the Last Action Hero soundtrack. That was a good one. Yeah, they, Schwarzenegger. They have, they have a great version of Dream On, Aerosmith on that album. Megadeth's on that album, and Anthrax is on that album. Another rock and roll movie with a great soundtrack was Detroit Rock City. About movie about Kiss. I know how you love Kiss, yes, Bruce. Yes. You ever see you ever see that movie? I have not. That's like a that's like American graffiti days of the confused kind of movie. Like it's all one day. Okay. They're gonna go see a Kiss concert and Oh, it's a great movie. Okay. It's fun. Doug, if Doug was here, we'd be talking about yeah, it a I'm lot sure. right now. You were talking about rock and roll soundtracks too. I just wrote down the, the Bill and Ted movies, oh, the soundtracks. Oh. Both both of them have really good soundtracks. I remember the first time I heard Primus was on the on the second movie soundtrack. Jerry Racecar Driver was on that. There's like a, a, a kind of obscure Faith No More song on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Kiss is on there. God gave Rock and Roll to yeah. Part Two is on there. Some other some other stuff. And I just thought of all, <laughs> thought of all that stuff off the top of my head because they were I hadn't written them down on mm-hmm. my notes. We haven't talked about yet. Guardians of the Galaxy. Soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. I guess one of the cool things about that was that that soundtrack was actually reissued on cassette. <laughs> because he's Star Lord's always walking around with it in with his walk. I don't know who the hell had a cassette player to play it in, but they sold it as a novelty, and you could you could get it. No, that's cool. I don't know what you would play it in. I don't even have a CD player anymore. No, I don't either. I have plenty of vinyl. I know uh, you can't carry around with you in your car, right? Or right. But yeah, some hipster assholes driving around in a Prius with a, with a Prius with a record with a, with record, a record player. player. Right. Yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, that dude. I mean, he's always listening to music. Yeah. and he's doing stuff, and it's just that, a, it had such a. Different kind of mix on there from the opening scene. Rubber Band Man by the Spinners. Mm-hmm. Hooked on a Feeling. Hooked on a the Feeling one, is the one huge I was song thinking of. on uh, that. Spirit in the Sky. Spirit in the Sky. on there. There's a one song on there I really love. It's called You Don't Know I'm In Love. I think it's called. I'm Not In Love. I'm Not In Love. By 10cc. What a great song that yeah. is. Cherry Bomb by The Runaways. The Runaways. Uh, that was a big song. Mm. Getting those kind of songs into a Marvel movie. I mean, that's like instant Classic. million seller. Another movie that I really, really love is High Fidelity. John Cusack, another John Cusack, John Cusack movie about a guy owning a record store. If you've never seen that movie and you love rock and roll, definitely catch that flick. It has Jack Black in it. And his character, I always compared myself to, was working in a record store. Everything sucks. Go to the mall and get whatever, your top 10 music of the week. The whole concept of the mall is dead. The music stores are dead. It's all over. It's all over. Uh, I missed the record store. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I would never want to do it again, but it was a cool experience. You know what I remember selling a lot of at the record store was the Big Chill soundtrack. The movie's not that good, 
but the soundtrack it's all motown it's we i remember we couldn't keep that on the shelf we sold a lot of that yeah you mentioned that when we were talking about this idea after the last episode and you mentioned the big chill soundtrack and i that was my first reaction was i never saw the movie but i do remember it being a really big seller in the mid 90s and then i went back and i pulled up the list of it and i looked at it and i was like oh wow there's a lot of stuff on here that i that i know and i could see why it was such a big a big seller track of my tears is on there just classic classic motown songs you know them all you love them all almost everything that came out of motown was fantastic another motownish kind of but they weren't one of my favorite movies of all time is the commitments an irish movie commitments they played nothing but r&b music they have some great live tracks in that movie try a little tenderness they blow it out man what a great movie even though it's a bunch of irish guys and i'm being biased it's a really great movie if you've never seen it you should watch it again if you love music and you love maybe you want to know what it feels like being in a band all the shit that goes on maybe you should watch the commitments you can see how a band forms and breaks up in the same day another soundtrack we haven't spoken about yet that somebody suggested to us on facebook was uh the gross point blank soundtrack oh great soundtrack. Uh, movie that kind of got just forgotten about but again, another John Cusack movie, Blister in the Sun for the Violent Femmes, The Clash is on there, Under Pressure. I can see clearly now, I can see clearly now has got to be another one of those songs that's in like every, every, movie. every movie. Pressure Drop from the Specials, I, I love. Great. Really, really cool song. I just saw uh, Specials in Concert on YouTube, and it was from a couple years ago. It's like 700 people in the band. And, yeah, but then like they come out and it's like all like, Maybe it was like 2018, and it's like at some festival, and everybody gets down and starts dancing. Yeah, to it's, it's, oh. a, it's a really cool song. Another topic that worth talking about movies is the James Bond movies. How it's always when a new movie is coming out, there's two things they make a big deal of. Who's the Bond girl? And who's writing the theme song? And over the years, there have been so many amazing songs that have come out. Like, if I see View to a Kill, I immediately think of Christopher Walken as the bad guy (laughs) and Duran Duran. Duran Duran. That's the Bond film that I did see. I didn't see any of them, but I... Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, I don't like Bond. I've seen them as every one of those. But I know just from you saying Christopher Walken and Duran Duran, that's the one that I saw. And there's been so many great people that have done some of those songs. Like Adele did a really good song for a Bond movie. Chris Cornell's was really good. You know, there's been Alicia Keys and Jack White. There's been some good ones. There's been some not so good ones. You know, there's a zillion, zillion Bond movies. Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney. Sure, sure awesome song a lot of really good music you know it has a lot of great songs on it it's the soundtrack to animal house that soundtrack is dynamite every song on it is is a classic early 60s hit well if you have some other movies i have just some some random just like yeah go for it okay so just some random kind of one-off songs from movies that maybe the soundtracks weren't that good kind of just a miscellaneous list i guess i'm kind of digging at the bottom of the bag here for some other songs my heart will go on by celine dion from the titanic again another song i never need to hear ever again in my entire life but that song was that movie was enormous was do you remember when they put the the movie dialogue into the into the yeah. into the song yeah it was a huge movie we already talked about the bodyguard hooked on a feeling by Flashdance. And I, I still think it would have been awesome, as we were talking last week, that Gene Simmons was going to play the that male so interest funny. in that would have been amazing. Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison from the movie Pretty Woman. He's certainly not a one-off music person, but a fantastic song. The theme from Shaft sure, is, is awesome. <laughs> the yeah. porno. Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine from Terminator 2. Yo, that's Another a great one. Awesome song, that, that beginning, the drums, yeah. the, the bass line is just I can really always cool. see the kid riding on the motorcycle when I hear that song. Yeah. It was like the only Guns N' Roses song that was like 
the first original Guns N' Roses song that came out for years, and it was on a soundtrack. And then the two Use Your Illusion albums came out after that. Yeah. So it was it was cool to see what Guns N' Roses were doing before those albums came out. The Ghostbusters song, Ray Parker Jr. Oh, yeah. We, we watched that video the other night, my wife and I, and there's these little clips of different celeb when he says, like, who are you going to call? Yeah. And there's a different celebrity looks up and says, like, Ghostbusters. Yeah, like Dan DeVito. Yeah, yeah. Like John Candy. Yeah. There had to have been six or seven of them where, like, we have no friggin' idea who they were. They were probably is. cool in the 80s and they'll be no, remembers who we they have were. no clue. Um, I'll put it on our Facebook page and we'll see yeah. if anybody can guess who they are. I have no idea. And I, I didn't mean, have the chance. I didn't look it up. Me and Doug always had the conversation. I, we had the conversation about how Ray Parker Jr. stole that song from Huey Lewis and the News. If you listen to it, Ghostbusters is I Want a New Drug. Yeah, that, that's something out there you can look up that Ray Parker Jr. stole Ghostbusters' well, song. He was the Funk Brothers, right? From he was. Motown, right? He was. Right? Yeah, he was. Eye of the Tiger. I have that on here. From yeah, Rocky. I was just going to say that. You hear that song and I I'm immediately immediately think of Rocky working out. Hearts on Fire was the uh, Rocky John Cafferty. Yeah, when another John uh, Cafferty. That's a great song. Yeah. John Cafferty's just come out with an album with all his songs on it that you know that didn't know that they were in the movies. It's just called like I'm Rich I'm Rich Bitch. Yeah. Like, I'm Rich. Another great soundtrack that we didn't mention was the Jerry Maguire soundtrack that had um Secret Garden on it. It was really big. Yeah. It came out. Man, I don't like that song. I feel like I, really? I periodically have a... I never liked that song. I didn't like the version with the dialogue that was in it. Mm-hmm. There's a version with really heavy strings in it I don't like. Yeah. I, just, I like Springsteen's more more rocking stuff. Like when he did uh, The Light of Day. Now, yeah. that's a great movie. That's a... Yeah. That's a sad movie, man. Yeah. Joan uh, Jett and Michael J. Fox. And Springsteen's done a bunch of stuff in soundtracks. So he did the song from uh, Streets of Philadelphia... I believe he won a Grammy for, yeah. or was at least nominated for one. And that's another movie that's got a lot of really cool stuff in it. Like Sade is on there, Peter Gabriel, some other some other stuff. He did the song from The Wrestler, which is a yeah. fantastic song. Great song. He did the one song from Dead Man Walking. It seems like Springsteen has these writing skills for these dramas that have tragedies in it. Like he's like the voice of, for tragedy in any movie. I hadn't thought about that before, but yes, it's connecting the dots with all those songs. They're like, yeah, they're all kind of they're all kind of slow. And they're about somebody either on death row, somebody dying of AIDS, a broken down wrestler who's about to die. Yeah, Springsteen's a real bummer. Dude. Yeah, right. It's happy. Yeah. Right. Write a happy song, Bruce. Come on. <laughs> cool. Well, this was great. Yeah. I want to uh, give a shout out to Rob Owens for his birthday. Yes, he's been one of our uh, devoted listeners. He's been spreading the good word about the show, turning the big 4-0 this week. So congratulations and happy birthday. Doug, we miss you. You're not here. We had a really hard time struggling without you being here. Yeah, it was not the same. And I want to thank everybody from McCuskers still supporting Doug and I as we're closed. I saw a bunch of the guys last week, and they say they love the show. So that makes me happy. They, they said it's, it feels like they're hanging out in the bar. It makes them want to come to the bar and hang out. Well, you know, we miss our customers. We miss our friends. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. Yeah, it'd be awesome if uh, one day we're doing this in front of a live audience in here or something. Great. Great. That'd be cool. So we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. I think when we shut this down, we're going to kick around a couple topics. We do have a big list of ideas and topics, and there's some stuff that people have suggested to us. There's some things that have come up as we're doing other episodes that we've written down. In the meantime, if you have any feedback for us, you can find us on Facebook. You can email us at prisonersofrockandroll at gmail.com. You can check us out at prisonersofrockandroll.com. We're also on any platform that you listen to podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, 
any of that other stuff. And we'll talk to everybody in two weeks. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great couple weeks. Peace out. <laughs>